Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to Flipping Dreams Podcast with your host, Heather Renee May. Each week, we bring you interviews and resources that will inspire you and encourage you. It's never too late to transform your past and empower your future. You are listening to Flipping Dreams. Hello, you are listening to Flipping Dreams. I'm your host, Heather Renee May. And today, today, honestly, I need to share something with you that has been uh, bothering me. You know, I, uh, I have an issue and, you know, this issue is sort of overtaken a large part of my life. Um, in fact, this issue has prevented me from successfully uh, preparing and producing this week's podcast interview. And as I was thinking about how I was going to deal with this and uh, what sort of content I was going to come up with, I thought to myself, you know, maybe my listeners, they might actually, they might have this issue too. And maybe by me being transparent and sharing my issue with you listeners, maybe it will help you in some way. So I'm here to tell you today that I have an addiction to RV life. Yes. Yes, it's true. Uh... This is not a new addiction, though, for me. Like, well, okay. The genesis of this addiction started when I was very young. Uh, my grandparents used to take me in their 42-foot Itasca motorhome cross-country. Uh, we would go through Kansas and Montana to California and up Oregon, uh, eventually getting back to where I was from where I was raised in the Northwest in Washington state. And I used to love being in their motorhome. I had the loft bed that dropped down above the driving seats. And that was my little nook. And I would ferret myself away up there and grab a book and try to uh, hide from my younger cousin who wanted to marry me. Uh, <laughs> It's a funny story, but yes, uh, he was, he was young and, and, uh, very enamored with me. So, um, it was, it was, but it was an amazing times. Um, and honestly, even before that, my father, who is a sculptor, 
we used to travel in vans going cross country. Um, we wouldn't sleep in the vans, but we would drive cross country to deliver his bronzes to the Air Force Academy and to Scottsdale, Arizona. And I just remember, I think, you know, so much of the undercurrent of my life has been travel. And then when I got older and I was dancing, I was also traveling uh, and performing with regional companies, traveling to perform the Nutcracker all over the Midwest, uh, which ultimately led me to New York City. So this, this broadcast today, I want to share a story with you, a theory, really, about this addiction and about the fact that perhaps I've been preparing for this moment my whole life. Um, so today, I am actually in the process of selling my brick and mortar home and going to live full time in a 22 foot travel trailer. And some of you might think that's insane. And I can certainly appreciate that view. Others might be thinking, I've been thinking this too. And so um, I thought I'd share some of how this has happened. Uh, a year ago, this last Christmas, um, I was talking to my brother and he had just purchased a travel trailer. And I was telling him how I thought it was time for me to try to come and spend more time in the Northwest with my family as our folks are getting more mature. And, uh, you know, he has two kids, my niece and nephew. And I just thought uh, two weekends flying in and out a year is just not going to cut it anymore. I really need to spend more time. Um, so I uh, decided, firstly, I thought, well, I'll just, you know, drive up there and rent an Airbnb for a month and stay. But then somehow in the conversations and talking to my brother, he convinced me that no, no, what I needed to do was to purchase a travel trailer and to drive up there in my travel trailer. And that way I would have my little home on wheels and have everything I needed and it would be less expensive. And so a month later after these conversations happened and I had secured some campsite reservations at Fort Stevens on the Oregon coast, I ended up upgrading to a Subaru Ascent which can tow up to 5,000 pounds. And I purchased my first travel trailer, which was an RPOD 189. And this was very exciting and completely terrifying. And this is where I'm going to tell you a story about how my theory is that I think living in New York City in an SRO on the Upper West Side prepared me for RV life. So if you don't know what an SRO is, it is a single room occupancy housing in New York City. And when I moved to New York, this was around 2002, 2003. I was actually in Austin, Texas at the time. And I was thinking I wanted to move back to Seattle. I was still dancing and I wanted to move back to Seattle so that I could uh, continue to perform and and uh, work with ARC dance productions out of Seattle. And the director of my company uh, at the time, Marie Chong, she said to me over the phone, she said, Heather, you need to go to New York City. 
And I was like, why would I uh, ever do that? Like, honestly, I had never been further east than Chicago. And it just sounded terrifying. I mean, you know, of course, everyone, when I talked about it, they were like, oh, you're going to get murdered or killed or worse. So um, I just, New York was never a destination on my radar screen for some reason. Uh, anyway, she said, Heather, you need to, you need to go there. You need to actually compete and know, you know, and, and really train with the best. And I thought, okay. So there I was in Austin and I thought, well, um, I guess I have nothing to lose. Let me go for it. Uh, so like many of my, uh, ideas, (laughs) many of my adventures in life have started with less, (laughs) So I uh, threw all my belongings in my Saturn and I drove to New York City. I found a room to rent on Craigslist from a woman in Washington Heights. Um, I drove up there and I remember it was during the day and this is by the George Washington Bridge and this it was a huge apartment building And I had to, you know, it's by myself and I'm having to take multiple trips from the car to the elevator and waiting for the elevator to go up to the whatever floor it was, 20th floor or whatever. And um, this guy leans out out his window and he's like, hey, lady, you better not leave your car there with your stuff. Someone will break in and take it. And I, and I just look at him like thinking to myself, it is daylight. Like it is like midday. Like, I'm on a, a busy street. How is that even possible? But he goes, oh, don't worry, though. I'll keep an eye out on it for you. And I was like, oh, okay, this is New York. So luckily, yes, I got all my belongings inside. And this was my first kind of temporary place that I was staying and renting a room while I figured out and you know, got my bearings. Um, it was very far from where I needed to be to train and which was on the Upper West Side. And so long story short, I ended up um, finding a realtor and he had an SRO, which is basically a single room for rent on the Upper West Side, um, which was very desirable. And in fact, in order to secure this room, I had to go through the realtor and pay a fee. So I think if I remember right at the time, this was like, I think it was around $750 or something for this tiny room. Um, But it was like worth it because then I was blocks to walk to steps so that on Broadway so that I could train and um, I was close to the, the trains and, and just had a beautiful Riverside park to walk in. And anyway, so here's where we get, let's get back to, you're probably wondering, Heather, what, when are we going to get back to RVs? Okay, so this, I was thinking the other day as I was uh, downsizing and getting rid of more things to figure out how I could, what I could fit into an RV to live full time. And I thought, this is actually better than living in New York City in an SRO. And so this room that I lived in, it was it was not a walk-up building. It did have an elevator uh, that worked most of the time. But it was a single room that could only fit a futon sofa that when the futon sofa was pulled all the way out, there was 
hardly any space to even walk around it. Um, there's a little table, a window, a single window that faced inward inside the building to, it was kind of like a, a, a I don't know, a, um, a boxed building. I, I don't know what you call it, but where the inner windows look into like the, the it's, it's basically like an air shaft. And so then um, you can see the people across from you. There's there's hardly any light unless you're near the top of the building, which I wasn't. So um, very little light, single window, um, no kitchen. I, however, had a closet, and I was very lucky. I had a sink that I could use in my closet, but I was going to have to share a bathroom in the hallway. Um, so this all terrified me, of course, because I'm, you know, by myself, I'm young, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this, it, it's just not, it's not ideal, but it's the best I could do at the time. And, um, and so this is not unlike being in an RV because in an RV, like my time spent in my RPOD, there was hardly any space. Actually, I had more space in my 18 foot, almost 19 foot R-pod. I had more space. I had a kitchen and I had my own bathroom, a dry bath even. So um, the other comparison as I was like thinking through um, how living in this SRO might have prepared me for this sort of lifestyles, you know, very little storage. Um, I was cooking on a hot plate that I had borrowed from a neighbor. Um there was, I had a little, I had to purchase a mini fridge, which is just like an RV. So like six cubic feet or less. So basically you're buying groceries every few days because you can only store so much. And of course you can't really cook anyway. Uh, you buy in a microwave maybe. So most of the time you're eating out anyway in New York. But um, so there you have it. In my RPOD, I was able to cook. I was actually saving money. Um and eating better. Uh, I didn't have to. Most people, yes, uh, there are campsites that have wonderful facilities, restrooms, showers that you can use. I luckily didn't have to do that because I had my R-Pod, but like my SRO, very similar. Um, laundry service, you have to figure out how to lug all your things up the street or in this case now, um, up the campsite to the laundromat, whether you're using one of those little buggies or carts, which is everywhere in New York, people have buggies, the carts where they have their, put their groceries in or their laundry to go run their errands every day. Um, there's lots of people in New York City that are constantly moving in and out. And I think that's very similar in campsites. You have a certain number of regulars, people that are, you know, full-timers. They're there, they're all the time. Their setups, maybe they have, they've built decks that attach to their RV or they have plants, they have, you know, uh, bird feeders and that sort of thing, squirrel feeders. But, um, but most, the, but there's a fair amount of people of in and out traffic, people who are just visiting um, or seasonally visiting. And this is sort of similar to New York as well, where there's tons of people. It's a city of 8 million people. And yet there are still regulars. Like if I would go up to uh, my neighborhood Irish pub, then, you know, there would, you'd always see um, the same cast of characters. 
but then every now and then you'd see the tourists and the different people that were coming in to visit or, you know, coming in to uh, try out the Upper West Side for a little bit and then move somewhere else. Um, another thing is that people who live and choose to live in RVs are chase, generally chasing a dream. They're chasing the dream of freedom, of maybe they, they want it right. Maybe they just want to explore nature. They want to disconnect, which ironically, they're disconnecting um, similar to the city. Like people come to New York and they're chasing dreams. They're chasing professional, personal dreams. Um, and yet we're all crammed together in very tight places. And the thing about RVs is that, yes, you have your freedom and your space in your RV and you can hitch up and go and wherever you want to. But when you're at a campsite, actually you have very little personal space. Your boundaries to the next campsite are maybe a few yards and um, you can hear and smell and you, all the things that your neighbors are doing um, and see if they don't, you know, pull their blinds. Uh, and so it's very similar to living in a big city where you're all crammed together and you're learning to coexist. Um, one of the things I really appreciated uh, about being in a campsite, especially this year during the COVID quarantine, was that um, I really appreciate the fact, and, and particularly not just the quarantine, but also the political upheavals, the tension, the violence, the just the general weariness and fear and all of the things that have been very divisive and, and pulled people apart and made us more afraid of our fellow human and that's something that in a campsite you really can't hold on to because when you are part of an rv community you're you're part of a community of strangers who quickly become friends and people that you rely on for all sorts of things whether it's helping you with a hose that's leaking or you know maybe someone uh, is running to the store running an errand picking up something you need or helping you with your propane tanks or you're just chatting or maybe your dogs are are visiting or you know there is a constant buzz in the RV community at an RV um, at a site particularly um, at the like parks or resorts and you become you learn very quickly that yeah while you may feel very comfortable flying whatever political flag that you feel like flying outside your camper or your trailer that those designations or those um boundaries or those lines um blur very quickly and become not that important because what's more important is actually communicating and connecting with the people that you are sharing all of these resources with in a very tight place. Um, and I think for me during this time, it, it really gave me a sense, a renewed sense of hope and humanity that we are not bad people, that it doesn't matter what you believe in, that ultimately inherently people are good and people care. And if you give someone a chance to be human, they will, they'll show you if you give someone the opportunity to, to be their best self, they they will definitely show you that. So that's something um, which also I found, you know, in New York City living for the first time. So now, you know, here I am, I'm a, a young, I was 26 at the time, I think. And 
it was a new place. I, there's so many people, so much noise, so much to learn, so many new things, like getting on the subway for the first time. It was absolutely terrifying. Um, I was staring. I was told, don't, don't make eye contact. Don't engage. You know, just stare, just stare down and know where you, you know, know ahead of time when you're getting off. So you don't have to ask anyone anything. And it was very nerve wracking. Um, and I think anything new is scary. And just like my introduction into RV life and hitching a trailer, I had never hitched anything in my life before. I had never backed up and hitched anything. I also had never driven with something hitched to my vehicle. And so learning about all of that, how to back up, how to hitch, how to unhitch, how to level the camper, how to, you know, use your brake controller, all of the things. There was so much to learn at first. It was so overwhelming and exhausting. And I think I felt the same way when I was in New York first getting the hang of it. I mean, now it's like after I lived there for 12 years or more and, uh, you know, it's just kind of become second habit. You just, you just know the drill. You, you're used to the Metro, you're, uh, you're used to the noise level. You, you know what to expect. But when you first come into something like this, it's very, very intense. And so I think, um, that's something that, uh, the two are very, very similar. And, um, I think that when I first came to New York, a lot of people were like, you know, New Yorkers are so rude. They're so rude. No one's going to, you know, they're very, they, all they care about is themselves. They're really busy. Don't bother them. Just, you know, and that was absolutely untrue. I have to say, I have lived in many large and small cities all over the United States and New York still by far has been one of the nicest places. Uh, the people are, they're very straightforward and they're very blunt because they don't have time to, to be, you know, Southern nice. They don't have time to, you know, draw things out. They get right to the point, but they absolutely were very helpful, very welcoming, very friendly, and very helpful. And I think that that's also a very similar quality that you find with RV people or people who are traveling. They're all very busy. They have their agendas. They have what's going on. They're dealing with their rigs, but they will absolutely take the time out if they hear that you need anything and will lend a hand, lend tools, find someone to help you, connect you with the people that you need to be connected with. So, um, so yeah, so, so far, this is like, you know, matching up as I started sitting down and making this list of like, okay, th these things are very similar, even though they seem like they shouldn't be similar at all. They're very similar. Um, and also, so the other thing is that when you are in a, when you start this obsession, this addiction to RV camping life, you start small your entry point generally might be tent camping and then maybe a uh, pop-up or a you know a teardrop and then you know all of a sudden you you get into the travel trailer size and you get you upgrade your vehicle which is what I'm in the process of doing right now and and then eventually you get to the fifth wheel and you end up going up to a fifth wheel or you end up going for the, the large motor home um, and uh, you end up towing your vehicle instead. So 
Um, one of the things that I thought was very similar, so when you're at campsites, one of my favorite things to do is to walk around and look at people's campers and their campsites. And many times you make friends and they'll invite you into their campers to show you their setup. And it's just every camper is different. It's so much fun to see how people set up, what their storage tips are, how they, you know, what kind of bells and whistles, what kind of tools and, and gadgets that they've gotten along the way. And that, it's really funny because like when you, when I was in my R-Pod, which is very, it was very tiny, um, great, great camper for, for starting off, but for full time, it was it's small. And I would go visit my friends who had these big fifth wheels. And I remember thinking, oh my God, they have so much space. They have like, they have an island that you can walk around. They have a full size open like French door fridge and freezer and they have a wine refrigerator and they have this huge king walk around bed and they have two sofas or a dinette and a sofa or whatever. And I just remember, you know, it's like, oh my God, it's so amazing to see that much space. And it's funny because when I was doing these comparisons in my mind with New York, I thought, this is what it's like when you go from the SRO and you visit a friend in Brooklyn or a borough outside of New York City, unless you have friends that have a lot of money and are, are privileged enough to have this space in New York City, but it's pretty rare. So um, having someone, you go, you know, take the train out 45 minutes and then you go in, in, into their apartment. It's like, oh my God, you have three rooms. You actually have like a dining room. You have a, a kitchen. You have, oh my gosh. And if they have outdoor space, that's like a bonus, 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 you know? So very coveted or, or like the roof, roof outdoor space. Very exciting. So, um, yes, it's, I, I think, my point is that when you, when you are forced to, for whatever reason, to be downsized into a very small space, for me in New York, I was forced because of uh, economics, but also my desire and my drive because I wanted to dance and I wanted to be in New York City for this reason. Um, if for other people, for RV life, it is your desire to be able to travel and to be mobile and to be able to explore and not be chained to a house in one area that you maybe you have friends and family all over the country like I do and so you want to be able to visit them easier right now with the uh, quarantine it's actually safer to be self-contained in your trailer so you don't have to actually go to a bathroom or go to a facility or all you have to worry about is sanitizing your hands when you pump your gas or fill your water tank or dump your sewer so um i think that uh there's something really there's something really amazing that it gives you this strength of character when you're forced to like let go of belongings and it kind of goes you know we touch on it with the whole idea of like living a simple life and simplifying our lives and that's a big part of it for sure i mean you know i think as i've gone through this process multiple times of i keep i keep going through my things and um i left in october for a four-month trip in the rv i was not planning on being in the rv for four months but it just it ended up happening that way in texas and um when I came back, as I'm as I'm preparing to leave my house now and and really be full time, I am looking at all the things that I packed up when I left, and I'm thinking, mm, you know, I didn't need this last four months, so I probably don't need this the rest of the year. So I can I'm continually paring down 
so that whatever I end up putting in a storage unit is going to be just really key items, artwork, mementos, things that I, I absolutely want to save and have that I can't put in the trailer, um, but that I can, I can safely store. But other than that, um, there's something really beautiful about having that nomadic life. And I think that's a dream that a lot of us have. I mean, and I think that's a dream that we're all kind of, it's a, like a reawakening right now. Um, uh, for many people, we went through the process of, uh, you know, wanting to find the dream house, the dream property and planning and designing and building that out and having that perfect you know, place that you, that's yours, that you can call your own and raise your family or, or, you know, make your community. Um, but with, with everything that's happened with COVID, I think that this has shifted us to a place again, where we are searching for whether it's because of economics of not, of needing to have a place that you can live and be self-contained, but that you can afford right now, whether it's just out of necessity of like, you know, you don't want to be just locked in your house for like a year. You want to be able to go out and see nature and drive and see different scenery, be inspired by the life around you, meet people where you can safely communicate outside and with social distancing. Um, and I think that that's a big reason why RV sales have gone completely through the roof. The campsites are full. And uh, people are kind of reawakening this idea of like how you can live that way. And I think that it's something that, you know, it's not so strange because, I mean, hey, I was doing this in New York City. Many people right now are doing this in New York City and it's perfectly normal for them to be living that way and living in a single room, having very little space, no storage, all the things that I've discussed. And yet... Um, we might think it's weird to do this uh, in an RV. And honestly, you actually have more for your RV. And the RV is less expensive. And it's something that you can own. But it's also way less expensive. I don't even know what that SRO would be if it's even available now. They probably have turned them into condos by now. But, you know, even if it's available, like how much that would be it would probably be 2000 i would guess a month for the same space i have no idea so anyway these are just some of my thoughts so i thought i would share with you yes i am an addict i love to travel i love to meet people i have been absolutely privileged in my life to travel all over and live like for periods of time all over this country i have made so many beautiful friends I have made so many beautiful memories and I want to see those people and I don't want to have to worry about flying or logistics. I want to bring my dog. I want to bring all my things and be able to just pull up in their driveway and camp out or pull up in a campsite somewhere nearby and camp out for a day or two and get to visit over the, around the campfire, maybe play some music and then travel on and, and go see other people. So um, I think if you are, uh, able and a lot of us are now with remote work if you are able to do this kind of lifestyle it's definitely worth considering and pursuing I think um, and I certainly I started off thinking I would only be doing this a couple months a year uh, I ended up spending probably almost five months this year at least maybe more 
um, definitely the last four months concurrently uh, inside a very small trailer. And it proved to me that I could absolutely do this. And so I made the decision to downsize and sell my house and invest in a slightly larger, not a fifth wheel. I still want to be able to go to national parks and be able to mooch dock in my parents' driveway. <laughs> but uh, slightly larger with a little bit more space and uh, and some of the necessities uh, that, I, that I learned to need as I, I have finished my first season RVing in the R-Pod. So I'm really excited to step up. I'm really excited to um, embrace this life full time, and I feel like I'm really grateful for you allowing me to share this this addiction, this issue that I have. So, um, so yes, the Flipping Dreams podcast. Um, you, sometimes you don't even know what dreams you're going to flip until you're actually flipping them. And apparently, this is something that I deep down inside, this is something that really resonated with me, and I didn't even realize it was a possibility until I tried it. So. Um, I'm really excited for the season. Yes, next week we will be getting back to some interviews with authors. Um, we are still working on the dream of writing and publishing a book. I am waiting as patiently as I can for my editor in New York to return my first draft structural and line edits for of my manuscript so that I can start my revision. Um, and I really miss my characters. So I've got some blog posts about that, of what it's like to write the thing and then what happens next. Um, and so stay tuned. Uh, I will also be adding to uh, my blog posts and podcasts probably some RV stuff here and there and maybe uh, some travel. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to expand this vision a little bit and bring you um, bring you into, bring you with me on my RV when I'm going places. I'm really excited to go to Yosemite for the first time this year. My brother and I, after this long year, and we had thought we would be camping together, and of course everything got canceled. Uh, we are so excited uh, to meet in May in Yosemite, and then we are going to travel up to the Northwest together. So uh, I will definitely be. Uh, capturing that on video, in photographs, in my blog, and um, be sharing some of those experiences along with, you know, continuing these uh, interviews with other people who are doing amazing things and helping people through their words and through their books. So um, anyway, thank you again for being a part of this Flipping Dreams uh, community you can find us um, on Facebook. Uh, I think we have a new Facebook page that um, is under, if you look at Heather Renee May, you will find the uh, my author page. And that page will post both, it will, it will post items from everything I do creatively basically so it'll be uh, information about my upcoming book it'll be information about um, the podcast episodes uh, any music endeavors that happen also to note please keep uh, in mind that very soon I will be 
pulling together a dream team of book release, people who want to be part of my book release. And this is going to be really, really important and helpful. I'm really excited about my first novel. Um, I'm excited to share it, and I would love to get a group of, of readers that are interested, that want to get first releases, early release, to read it, to help spread the word and, and just make um, and just celebrate this this achievement and 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 to get the word out there. So um, that will be coming down the pike here in the next few weeks. But first, I've got to figure out how to get all the rest of my stuff out of this house and into a storage unit or into my new trailer. So this next couple of weeks is going to be kind of crazy. Um, so I will do my best to continue bringing you awesome content and um, and keep you posted on what's happening. But I, uh, again, I'm really grateful that you're listening. Please share. Um, if you have any questions or, or anything, please reach out on Facebook, on Instagram at underscore every day is May um, through the website at Heather Renee May. You'll find all the links to everything, the podcast, the, um, the blog, uh, just all the things. And there's a contact form there to reach out to me. So um, I'm on Twitter at Flipping Dreams, and you can also reach out to me through LinkedIn. So um, again, thank you so much. Um, thanks for letting me share. And uh, yeah, whether you're in New York City or you're in a campsite in the middle of a nat national park somewhere, um, you know, anywhere is home. Home is where you are. So I hope that you are enjoying your home right now. And I hope that you are thinking about your dreams and I hope that I'm able to help you, uh, entertain flipping your dreams and reaching new heights. I hope this year brings you much joy and just beautiful, beautiful abundance and surprises because good surprises, because we all deserve that. So. All right, signing off, you have been listening to Flipping Dreams. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Flipping Dreams. Please be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Flipping Dreams or at Heather Renee May. And please check out our website and sign up for our email list where you will get notifications on our weekly podcast and blog posts, as well as our monthly newsletter and much more. Be the first to know, sign up today. Thank you again. And we will see you next week here on Flipping Dreams. <laughs>